You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. Hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, we are Two Smart Assets. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. My name is Danny Nichols, and I'm accompanied by my co-host, Chris Thompson. Chris, what's going on, man? Morning, Danny. How are you today? Good, man. You doing all right? Yeah, not too bad. I got a uh, a nice, fresh, hot coffee, and so I'm jacked. Oh, wow. So you're ready for the day, huh? <laughs> That's how we started. Yeah, I got a little late start to the day. I didn't, uh, wasn't able to hit the gym this morning, so it's going to be it's gonna be a tough day. You know, I got to get that, usually that workout in in the morning, but uh, hopefully I can get it in a little bit later, so uh, we'll see. But um, right. Yep, absolutely. Well, so today, uh, Chris, we're going to talk about uh, Class A and Class B investment tiers in apartment syndications. Um, you know, typically we see one of these type of classes in apartment syndications. As we see it right now, it's usually um, uh, a preferred return and then accompanied with a profit split after mm-hmm. that cash flow metric has been met. So today we're going to talk about, you know, the Class A, Class B, these two uh, investment tiers that we're seeing in some deals now and um, kind of touch on those, see, see, dive into what they are, what they consist of, and what they mean for investors. So um, again, so there's class A and class B. Typically, we're seeing right now just one class, right? And while we see that this works for for most people, that just that one class, um, really, uh, they're trying to like, you know, the syndicators are trying to basically give another option to investors. So you want to touch a little bit on that? Okay. So, um, you know, really, you know, the, the investment tiers that we see, you know, is just the preferred split. Um, the preferred split up front and then, you know, uh, there's the, the upside on the back end, you know, which is a little more speculative. Uh, and we see that that works uh, quite often, but uh, really it just depends on your investment, uh, your investment style and what your investment strategy is, you know, whether you're investing for uh, just uh, where you're concentrating on uh, cash flow every month or whether you want to be a little bit more speculative in nature and you're investing for the upside you know, the, the creation of this class A and class B investment structure uh, kind of gives you the opportunity to, you know, participate more on one side versus the other. And it was just a way to kind of accommodate a, a, a larger crowd of investors, you know, help them get where they want. Okay. So there's, so there's pros and cons to each of these, obviously. And it, I guess it really just kind of depends on well, if the syndicator is off, offering more than one structure, but then also the type of investor who is investing in these. I mean, you really need, need to know the type of investor that you are. So if these options are available, hey, which one do I want to be in? You know, uh, exactly. this one is offering steady cash flow or one that's offering some cash flow with the upside. So, okay, cool. So let's dive in a little bit more into this. Um, first, I want to talk about the term capital stack. So what is a capital stack? Well, this basically just it basically just refers to the organization of all the financial capital that is contributed to a syndication, really anything, but we're going to talk about specifically for syndication. Mm-hmm. So, and really uh, it defines who has the rights to the income and the profits generated by the property throughout the whole period. So it, it, it's basically going to tell you who's getting paid what in regards to the returns that are made off this. So basically what it boils down to is, is it determines who gets paid what and what order they get paid in. So the stack seems like, okay, these people get paid first. And then after that, the next they'll get paid. So after, if these people up front uh, or who were first in line, don't get paid, 
the next people will, they're not going to get paid either. So uh, it's one thing to just pay attention to, but basically the capital stack, what it refers to is who gets paid what and what order. And you know, this can, this can be different um, for different things. So, but tip, typically uh, what you'll see is for, um, for these syndications, you'll have the debt usually is first in line. They'll get paid. So if you have a, a, a loan on the, on the, on the property, they're going to get paid first. And then you're going to have your subsequent class of, of investors get paid in a certain order. So um, it's good to know what these orders are and pay attention to, to what these mean. Um, but again, they can vary from um, deal to deal. Um, just, just something to be aware of, you know, who gets paid first or, or in what order, and then also what they're getting paid. So when you're going through your deals, going through the executive summaries or paying attention to really invent any investment that you're being a part of, uh, whether active or passive, you know, it's good to know what, what these orders are and what the, what the structure is of this capital stack. Uh, so you can better understand the terms and things of that nature. So, all right, Chris, uh, with that being said, we got the capital stack covered there just briefly. We're not going to dive too much further into that. Um, let's go ahead and jump into the classes. So okay, let's so go ahead and talk a little bit about the class A. Okay. So, uh, you know, for the class A, you know, like Danny was saying about the two, uh, the two different tiers of apartment structures, class A sits right behind the debt in the capital stack, you know, so they're They're, they're next in line to get the their, uh, their returns. So with the, uh, with the class A investors, you know, they're usually offered a higher preferred return uh, than, uh, than what's offered to the class B uh, investors. Uh, so really for the class A investors, there's really, they don't get to participate in the upside of the offer. You know, what, what other profits they're making, you know, beyond the actual splits. Um, so in general, you know, it's a, it's, it's a less risky uh, position to be in uh, just because you know you're not relying on the speculation, you're not relying on the profits uh, after the cash flow numbers have been met. Uh, so you know, typically we see about 10% uh, return uh, offered for Class A investors, which you know it's a, a few percentage points higher than the Class B. But you know, like I say, you're you don't have to worry about the potential uh, the potential upside here and the potential downside also, I guess. Uh, so <clears throat> you know. Obviously, these structures, uh, they're going to vary uh, from syndicator to syndicator or from deal to deal, but it's just something to consider uh, when investing in deals uh, that offer this type of structure. Uh, so, uh, also with the, the Class B investors, you know, they're, they're next in line, you know, behind, behind the, the Class A. Uh, you Let's, know, let, I want to dive in a little bit more, uh, circle back and dive in a little more of that Class A if, you, if sure. we can, Chris. Um, so, Say I'm, I'm an investor, right? And we have a structure for uh, the class A and class B or however they're uh, structuring this syndication. What's in, wh why would I, why would I even want to, you know, pick the class A instead of a class B? Because, you know, with the class A, you're just getting the, the cash flow and it's, and it's a high cash flow higher than the class B, but there's no potential for upside. So um, in, in your mind, why would some investors want to just do class A instead of class B instead of, you know, having the option to be in this, in this class B? What's, what's, what are some good reasons? Cause in my mind, well, you know, it depends, it would depend on each individual in uh, investor. So, well, and, and you're exactly right. It is, it is dependent upon the investor themselves. You know, uh, you generally fall into two categories. Uh, are you investing for your monthly cash flow? Do you have a goal that you need to be met? You know, um, or are you 
you know, investing for the upside? You know, are you a little, a little less risk averse? You know, you want to, you, you know, you're, you ride into that speculation, you know, that's what, or that's what you're riding on. And so, you know, for someone who doesn't mind taking a risk or if they see a great potential in a particular property, you know, they might want to, you know, they, they like the idea of the upside. Some people don't really care about that. Uh, you know, the, the, the standard structure that we do see, it kind of uh, achieves both of those. But if you're not worried about that and you only really want to pay attention to cash flow, this would be an opportunity for you to uh, really find, find uh, a deal and a syndicator that offers a class A, class B structure. It allows you to, to put your money where you want it exactly. And even with, even at that point, uh, a lot of syndicators will allow you, you know, say with some type of minimum, minimum investment of, let's say maybe a hundred thousand dollars where you can put 75% of that into the class A tier. And then you go ahead and put 25% into the class B tier. So that way you still do get a little bit of the participation, but it, it just boils down to, uh, to your particular style. And what do you want? Do you want the cash flow, or do you want the upside or do you want both? Right. That's very interesting. And I think there's also something to be said for kind of where people, you know, where people are saying where we're at in the market, uh, you know, the market cycle with, you know, prices being going up and, you know, rents going up and stuff like that. So if you're worried about the risk of maybe there not being as much upside to be had, then, you know, pulling the trigger on that class A investment might be something that suits more of your style, right? But again, it goes back to the syndicator and what you think the syndicator is going to be able to achieve. So if you've established a good track record with them and you understand kind of how they operate and believe in, believe in their abilities uh, to perform on the deal, obviously things come up. But for the most part, if you've had any experience with them or if you know somebody who's had experience with them and they basically deliver on their projections, then not saying there's less risk, but maybe there's more potential for you to participate in that upside if you wanted to. Right. Cause, right. cause you understand how the syndicator works and like I said, you trust them. But again, uh, we are in the higher parts of the, of the market cycle. So maybe this is something uh, to be a little more risk averse, you know, to be able to put your money into a class A structure and then, uh, and then just write out the cash flow. But like you said, I think it's pretty cool that you can you can break those up so you can participate in both class A and class B. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to you know put all my money in class B, well, you can split this up. So I think that's pretty cool, and uh, that's a that's a big benefit to investors. Um, hopefully, we can see uh, more of this happen in the future. I, you know, all deals don't have this structure, so to be able to see um, more and more deals like this kind of play out would be. It's a, it's cool to see it. So, all right. So basically we went over class A, class A is, uh, just behind the debt and the capital stack. They're the first to get paid. Right. And so just summarizing, they're going to get a higher return than class B. Um, and it's just cash flow only. You get no upside, um, for the most part, um, no upside, but it's just this consistent cash cash flow. You're going to get paid first before everybody obviously decides the debt. And then next comes, uh, after them, like you said, comes a class B. So let's dive a little bit into the class B. Okay, so just as you uh, stated before, you know, the Class B investors, you know, they're offered a preferred return that's lower than the preferred return that is offered to the Class A investors. Typically, uh, we often see that uh, the syndicators, they offer the Class B, you know, a preferred return of about 8%. Uh, and, you know, unlike the Class A investor, uh, Class B investor is offered, you know, a potential upside of the deal uh, after, the agreed, uh, after the agreed upon return is uh, met. Uh, you know, this split can occur during the lifetime of the project 
or it can happen you know, upon exit of the property. So when considering the risk, the class B investor position, it is a little riskier than, than that of the class A investor. You know, it's a little bit more speculative. Um, but, you know, if the preferred return isn't met, then, you know, then there's no additional profits to be split. So obviously this means that the, the, the syndicator isn't going to get a split, but it's something to consider, you know, when you choose what class you want to invest in. So, you know, these, these really just vary from syndicator to syndicator and deal to deal. Mm. So just, you know, keep that in mind when you're making your decision. Okay, cool. So let's talk a little bit about what, what kind of returns we can see with uh, the, the class, the class B. So what, what are you typically seeing for the preferred return and, and first also for the split afterwards? What, what's the kind of typical numbers that you're seeing for that? Well, for the class B, uh, we see, you know, 15 to 25% of the equity investment, you know, it's pretty common, uh, but that could come with a, uh, with a minimum investment. So just understand that. Um, so for the returns though, I think we're seeing what about like 8% for the preferred return typically for a class A and then usually like a 70, 30 split or a 60, 40 or 80, 20, somewhere in there. Right. For the, for right. The right. Okay. So yeah. So when you're, when you're kind of comparing the two, you'll see the class A, you get like a 10, somewhere around a 10% uh, return. Uh, cash flow and like I said, you'd be paid first. And then for the class B, you're seeing typically an 8% on your preferred return, which is uh, a few percentage points lower, but you do get the, the potential for the upside. So let's talk a little bit about what happens if the cash flow isn't met, Chris. So say you're, say you're investing in a deal and the cash flow, you know, you're getting a preferred return of 8%, say you're class B, you're getting a preferred return of 8% and we'll, for that first year, because maybe you've experienced a higher vacancy due to renovations, you know, the stuff that happens when you go to, to turn a property um, and you don't, you don't, um, you don't achieve the, the 8% cash flow you're projected for that first distribution or whatever. Uh, what is there, a, do these, are they, is there like a payback? You get like a accrual basically on these preferred returns. Have you heard anything about that? Okay. So uh, basically, it, you know, if the preferred return can't be paid out each month or quarter, uh, depending on the syndicator, you know, it, it's going to accrue over the life of the deal. Uh, so class B investors, you know, they, they participate in the upside upon the disposition uh, or capital events. It's common to see that the class B investors receive, you know, 70% of the profits and up to about a 13% IRR and uh, 50% of the profits thereafter. So, you know, class B, you know, like I said, the, those class B investments, they're going to come with a minimum investment amount, just depending on the deal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you also need to be, uh, be aware of that. Sometimes the, that accrual of the per return, uh, I'm not sure that applies to every syndication. I think that some syndications you need to make, just double check and make sure that there is an accrual process that if that 8% isn't, isn't achieved, that uh, there is a basically like a pay, a payback period for that um, when the next distribution rolls out or however they structure it. Just be aware of the structure of the syndication and how these distributions are made and what the what the um, the payouts are for uh, the preferred return. So right. just something to be aware of. Um, okay, so we have the Class A and Class B. We're seeing a lot of uh, more deals with the Class A. And, and class B, the two-tier uh, investment structure. And we kind of talked about where we're at in the market cycle and what that looks like in regards to what kind of deals you want to you invest in. And I think, Chris, both you and I agree that investing for cash flow is probably the main thing you want to uh, focus on. I mean, you know, you don't want to focus on speculation or um, really just invest 
for appreciation because mm-hmm. even if it, I mean, obviously with these type of deals, you know, a syndication, these apartment syndications, they're focused on um, basically repositioning these apartment complexes. So, you know, increasing, increasing the NOI, increasing the value uh, in order to get these returns, you know, uh, and that's how you get the cash flow and then potential, potential upside in the deal. But you know, right. where we're at, where we're at in the market cycle and, all these things said, regardless of those, you want to be investing for cash flow. So look look for the deals with look like they're going to have strong cash flow. Same with the syndicators. You know, look look for these guys who are uh, performing on the projections, and uh, keep that in mind when you're going to invest in these deals, especially when you're uh, thinking about with if they do offer two investment tiers, if you're going to invest in a class A or class B. So just be aware of these things, uh, pay attention to them and, um, make sure you pay attention also to the splits or, or the, the actual percentages that they're, that they're projecting because, uh, they differ from everybody and you'll see a lot of people sometimes like the internal rate of return, the IRR that they project or the equity multiple that they project mm-hmm. over the life of the deal. Uh, you need to make sure that falls in line with something that's reasonable. If you're seeing stuff that's huge, uh, what do you think? Like over a, a two equity multiple, that's probably going to be, that's going to be, might be tough to achieve at this point. You know, yeah. uh, we're, we're, we're seeing, we're seeing people project, you know, in between what, like 1.5 and two somewhere. It's kind of what we're yeah, seeing right one, now. 1.7 1. is uh, extremely common right now. Right. So pay attention to these things. Um, uh, and then this will help you guide your way into your investments. So, and then, like I said, going back to kind of what we're talking about, uh, mainly on the show is these two different uh, investment tiers. But uh, so if they do offer them, you have two different types of ways to get in these deals. So if you want to do some risk mitigation and do, you know, 50 to 75% of what your investment is into this class A and just get that strong cash flow, and then do, you know, 25 to 50% in the class B and participate in that outside, then that's great. So just but, a little way to hedge your bet a little bit. Right. If, if, if you need that, uh, to make you uh, feel safer if your investment, then definitely explore that option. It's it's one thing you want to pay attention to, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, more people or more syndicators offer this going forward. So, so basically, in summary, let's just let's just kind of summarize what we talked about today, Chris. So, for the Class A investors, they sit in front of the Class B investors, right? And well, if we're looking at the capital stack in general, debt gets paid first, class then Class A then class B, right? And then mm-hmm. so for the class A investors, they're offered a higher preferred return, but they have, they're not available to participate in any of the upside. So strictly cash flow, which is, which is good. Um, but it's something to be aware of. And then class B, you'll get the, you'll get the preferred return, but it'll be less than what the class A has offered. Uh, but you also get, um, the profit split, uh, uh, if there is any uh, available to be had. So, so really with this being said, the class A uh, tends to be less risky than, than the class B position. So just, just pay attention to when you're looking at these deals, if they do offer a class A and class B, and hopefully this will help you understand what a class A and class B is when you do see these in your deals. Um, just, just check with your syndicator and make sure that um, if this is something you want to explore, that, uh, that you understand correctly what they're offering. So uh, just again, Class A and Class B, two investment tiers. You might see you might see these things structured differently, but um, and then a lot of these deals still have just one tier, so that's also something to be aware of. But we are seeing more and more deals with the Class A and Class B investment tiers. So, 
Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty much. You got anything you want to add to uh, the the two tiers there, Chris? No, I, I think you pretty much uh, nailed for the nailed it for the most part. So. Okay. Cool. Well, before we get out here, let's uh, let's uh, go ahead and wrap up with uh, <clears throat> the question I want to ask you. So, um, so you know, we talk about passive strategies pretty regularly, right? So, investing for cash flow or investing for upside. What? Which one do you prefer, or both? Yeah, I, 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 I like to do both just because, you know, we, you and I both, you know, we want to invest for the cash flow, but we like to see the upside. We like to see, you know, there's a lot of different methods that are extremely simple. Uh, you know, they might be, they might be expensive, but relative to the entire deal, they're actually pretty cheap to, uh, to upgrade the property and to immediately increase the NOI and to increase the value. So right now, uh, you know, we, I know there's a lot of speculation to where we are in the market cycle right now, but from what I see and from my experience, you know, it's pretty easy to, to really force just a little, just a little bit of value in it really quickly. So I like the idea of that, you know, if we were just to put in some, uh, some high efficiency toilets to cut down water usage, you know, by a third, you know, we're seeing, you know, significant significant value overall, uh, well, value to the overall property as well as, you know, utility cost reduction. So I, I like to invest for both because there's, I personally see a huge upside potentially, uh, depending on the property itself. So I, I want to participate in some of that. So I, I like, you know, I like the idea of doing both. That makes sense. Personally. That makes sense. And you just recently went on a property tour. Can you touch on maybe like one or two other, uh, just small tweaks that some of these guys make that you could potentially make to a, a property to invest it, to increase that NOI. So where you are actually getting a uh, better upside for these deals. Can you tell us a little about some of those yeah, things? W- uh, yeah. A couple of really common things immediately is uh, like I mentioned, you know, um, a high efficiency toilet. Well, there's companies that are out there that uh, you can work with that uh, will go through the entire apartment complex and they'll replace all of the, uh, the plumbing fixtures, you know, your shower head, your water faucets, uh, and a better toilet just to overall reduce, you know, the water consumption. Uh, and we really do see a, uh, a reduction of about a, about a third. So let's say, you know, on apartment complex, that's, you know, 125 units. Uh, we go through and put in all new toilets, fixtures, and everything else, you know, it might cost, 30 to 40, maybe even $50,000 to get that done. But we're seeing, you know, the, with the, with the lowered utilities, you know, we're seeing probably 10 to $15,000 increased cash flow per month, but also uh, immediately that could increase the, the value of the property, you know, 400 K or 500 K immediately once that's done. So it, that's a very, you know, it's a costly investment, but relative to the rest of the project, it's just pennies and it has just massive returns. Uh, also, another thing that I'm seeing is uh, the solar shades. The solar shades are kind of a solar screen that, uh, that we're putting on windows. Um, you know, it helps to the uniformity, just the overall look. But at the exact same time, it's reducing the amount of sunlight and heat that's going into the unit which, you know, is just increasing, it's, we're continuing to decrease the, the amount of power used to, you know, heat or cool that unit, um, all while just kind of improving the overall look and improving the kind of the quality of life within the unit. So, you know, they're just small little tweaks that really have a huge impact overall uh, when it's all said and done. Well, it's, it's, it's 
pretty cool to, to see these things kind of play out. You know, you have these, these tweaks that you make and these adjustments you make really just to become more efficient, uh, mm-hmm. uh, make the project and the property more efficient. And to be able to do that and to understand these things, because, you know, when we first, well, I mean, obviously we're always learning, but learning these new techniques that some of these guys are doing and some of these, some of these changes that they're making to make the property more efficient. Um, it, it's pretty cool to see, you know, uh, cause at first you don't, you might not think about it and then, you know, you see, what they're doing or how they're structuring these things. And it really kind of opens up your eyes to the potential for these deals, especially when you're doing your due diligence, uh, when you're going to find a property, you know, so you look at these things, you know, what are the utilities? How can I, you know, make this property more efficient? How can I improve this for the tenants, but also, you know, uh, prove it on the, on the expense side, you Mm -hmm. know, so we increase it. So we increase the NOI. So I think it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, looking forward to doing more property tours on the future so we can, I mean, get more into this and learn more of these techniques. So cool. All right. Well, Chris, appreciate you talking to me today. You know, got covered the uh, two tiers of these apartment syndications. Uh, appreciate you taking time out of day to speak with me and, um, you know, ho- looking forward to doing this again next week. So cool, man. Danny, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you after a while. All right, man. You have a good day to our listeners. See y'all next time. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.